This is Jonah Hill, and you're listening to the only podcast that matters. Gang, we are joined by the head honcho of herd immunity in the nerd community, the Viking of voice acting. She speaks her mind with no filter, Britta, the podcast princess, the sultan of STEM. The G in her name is just like her fits hard. She's a young money millionaire, tougher than Nigerian hair. The pharaoh of Fear Street. We believe in Adam Eve, not Adam and Eve. The overall queen of Carhartt overalls, the valorous vindicator actress and co-host of the Periodic Talks podcast, Gillian Jacobs. Gillian, how are you? Oh my God. That was a good one, right? Oh my God. <laughs> James, you need to have a cigarette now. <laughs> I know. Wow. Oh that, I mean, that was beautiful. Thank, Thank you. you. I've had You're 13 welcome. months to come up with that intro because we, <laughs> oh, we initially yeah. started the conversation having you on the pod uh, over a year ago. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're happy to finally make it happen. Gillian, uh, it's great to have a fellow podcaster, a fellow celebrity here on Throwing Fits. So we couldn't be more pleased to have you on the program. The first thing we want to do is a fit check where you are going to walk us in the audience at home through the totality of the fit that you wore specifically for the goddamn motherfucking boys. The choice for you is do you want to start top down or do you want to go bottom up? Bottom up. Yes. Yes. She's a pro. She is. Um. Since this is the only podcast that matters, um, I really thought about what I was going to wear for <laughs> you today. I'm not going to lie and pretend like I just threw something on. Sure. All right. So we're on a Zoom. So you can see it. I don't know if I can flip my. Okay. So I'm wearing Dries Van Noten boots. Ooh, shit. Yes. Okay. With the um, pronunciation too. You're doing this whole pod from a standing desk. I, it's actually on a music stand. I did this podcast last year and they sent me all this podcasting equipment, including a music stand, which I now use as a standing desk. Okay. So, I hope yeah. you're in a stand for the next five yeah, this hours. This is going to be a marathon session, but I mean, you know, you know, get it in how you can. I might take the shoes off. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so they're just like Dree. So they like, they, it's like a heeled boot. Like give us yeah, a little it's a bit heeled more boot. Okay. It's a heeled boot. I have not worn anything with a heel in like 12 months. So this is like, this shows my dedication. Sure. Um, do you are normally, you big, are you is that like a going fan? out boot? This is like, you know, I got these boots probably in late 2019. So they didn't see a lot of wear, sure, sure. but I had worn them. You know, if you want to feel like, I, I they're like, if I want to feel better about myself shoes right. that day, like if I need a little something extra. Which should be every pair of shoes that everybody listening owns to begin with. But yeah, yeah. that's do you own a lot it. of, do you own a lot of Drees? I do. I I like was buying maybe one Dries piece a season. For okay. a oh, everything okay. in moderation. You're a yeah. sniper. Very specific. John's yeah. surgeon sale. I would wait for the <laughs> sale. The other stars. Like, they're just like us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other, yeah. The other pair that I thought about wearing for you today was like a pair of silver, like almost knee high Dries boots with a higher heel Yikes. That I remember I text I texted a picture to our mutual friend Phil Chang, like, should I get these? And he said, Absolutely. Sure. I bought them and I've never worn them. And I thought, should I wear them today or is that too much? So just just know. from your words, it sounds like the the boots that Jonah Hill holds up in the 40-year-old virgin at the eBay store, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. With like, do they have fish the, in the heel yeah, or fish anything? In the heel? <laughs> they should. No, they're I mean, I could go and grab them for you. Uh, but yeah, they're like I, I was thinking. 
thinking about that today of like, I need to come up with an outfit for those boots. Did you consult with um, Phil or anyone else on the, on the fit? Yeah. Not today. Okay. I, I dug deep within myself. I wanted proud to of you. authentically me. Yeah. Very proud of you. Well, we'll see because we have, we have so much more fit to go. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. I know. We've only done any socks. Any oh socks yeah. These absolutely. Or? Absolutely. Okay. Socks. They are um, silver socks with Navy blue polka dots. Mm. And I think they are from the J crew kids section. I think they're crew cuts. <laughs> crew cuts. Yeah. 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 I have a lot of crew cut socks. That's a, that's a hack for any of our listeners with extremely child sized feet just go to polo kids crew cuts gap kids whatever that was you know that exclusively for one period of time i wore boys gap kids button-up shirts Mm. and my winter jacket when i lived in new york was a boys gap kids coat because they're a lot cheaper sure a hundred percent yeah all right you want the you want the jeans we absolutely want the jeans pants time Okay, they are vintage Levi's that were gifted Ooh, nice. to me. Very sick. Um, that I have been wearing. Um, I don't want to say for how long without washing them, but I've been. Wearing- <laughs> <laughs> I definitely went through the quarantine sweatpants only for a long period of time, and then I was like, "It's time to put on some jeans." So I've been yeah. wearing these the jeans. big, big girl pants. Yeah, yeah for but, months. But but you treat your jeans like a male college freshman treats his bed sheets. We're just going as as long until they're until they're standing up on their own yeah. in the corner. They're we're letting it rock. Exactly. That is nice. the standard at this point. Okay. <laughs> You're going to really connect with our listeners, by the way. This is good. <laughs> this is going to be good. And then for you all, I wore my Tom Brown button up. How would you describe this shirt? You're the expert. That is an Oxford cloth button down. Yeah. What that is called. Nice. Yeah. Where's where's the does it have like any of that? Like the ribbon detailing? Where's no that? ribbon, but I got oh, this. Guy. There it is. That that big old stamp. Yeah. yeah, a classic, an absolute you, fucking classic. The nicest, most expensive shirt that you could buy. Or what do you of. think of uh, men wearing uh, the the child size Tom Brown suiting? Men, Great. yeah, like oh yeah, yeah. like with okay. the with the short with the little schoolboy shorts and everything. Oh, um, <laughs> you're thinking hard about so this one. You're like, okay. <laughs> I haven't thought about that in a while. I haven't thought about that in a while. How LeBron are you James wears them a bunch. I'm trying to think who else you would. I mean, it's in a lot of magazines, like editorialized. But yeah, I like, was thinking more like the kilt. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Also, a cool, the, a very cool look. Yeah, I like the kilt. Big bold maneuver. And Respect. Gillian, we're not asking you because you're a woman. We ask this of every guest. What are the panties? Yeah, I know you guys also. put that in the email. I know, I had to. <laughs> yeah. Prep me. Yes. Um, <laughs> that question. I think I'm wearing some like underwear from Madewell. I had a gift certificate. Nice. I, oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, I, this is the first time that Lawrence and Sham are hearing this, but you guys, I, I prepped Gillian. I was like, just so you know, I'm going to ask you about the panties. It's not, yeah. it's not you. Yeah. And then the next email I Don't got was from a big head or anything. Gillian. Well, the, okay. The next we email, ask everybody. The next email I got was from a publicist being like, Hey, <laughs> we have to uh, push this. And I was like, what? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Something came up immediately yeah. after you, I read that email. Sorry, uh, we're very concerned for a second, but uh, all right, made well. Any and any any uh, earrings, jewelry, watch. Oh, yes, yes. yes. Okay. I, my earrings and my ring. Same. My friend Irene Newworth. They're both oh. by her. Hell yeah. yeah! So you're supporting the homies on that one. Shout out Irene. Got to. Yeah. Absolutely. And I did not have my ears pierced. Until a few years ago. So this is very new for me wearing earrings. I believe you got your ears pierced on national television, if yeah. I'm correct. 
<laughs> I, I did. did. I got my ears pierced. Yeah, it hurt. I got them. <laughs> Dude, I, anybody have their ears pierced? No. Uh, Shom uh, used to. Yeah, Shom used to. Yeah. Yeah. I decided, you know, I, when I was little and everyone was getting their ears pierced, my mom said no, she wouldn't let me. And then it felt like at a certain point, people stopped talking about it because it was no longer novel and new. And so I just never got my ears pierced. And then when I would go for a costume fitting, I always felt bad because they wanted to give me earrings. Sure. And clip-ons hurt so much. I don't know if any of you have ever. Really? Oh, they hurt so badly. They got to wear them for mad long. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just pinching your ear. And so I started refusing to wear earrings. And then I thought, like, why am I denying myself (laughs) the chance to wear earrings in life? But then I thought I'm also a coward, so I'll never do it on my own. And I find going on talk shows very intimidating because I, I don't I live a very dull life. So I you're a humble life. queen. No. And, and so I was like, if I get my ears pierced live on Jimmy Kimmel, it'll kill two birds, yeah. with one stone. Like yeah. it'll, it'll like take away the pressure of having to like tell a really funny story on a talk show. And I'll actually just get my ears pierced. You're going to uh, have to get like a facial tattoo when you go on Conan or something. Yeah. Oh, I was, yeah. And at least now your reputation with all the costume designers in Hollywood has improved. Cause if they yeah. were like, yo, this, she just is get, a diva. Just get, yeah. fear, Damn. get fear street over one eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or on like on the knuckles, yeah. fear, and then we'll wrap street around. We'll use the thumb or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, I believe that, that is a complete, complete fit check. Fit I think. Check. Right. Okay. Yeah. I think First so. hurdle easily yeah. jumped over Gillian. Again, yeah. the fits are like the gene or name hard. Whore. Um, Gillian, you have said in previous interviews that you're a bit of a loner who does not have her life figured out. Is that why you did the most obvious thing and launched the podcast? <laughs> yeah, wait, step. what does that say about you guys? Uh, we're fucking oh. loners who don't Come have our lives figured out. <laughs> yeah, we're loners we're, who found each other. Yeah, we're twenty. Know? We're twenty six year old men. I have co-host too. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> we got okay. Uh, what's your name? Diana. And were you guys boys before the podcast or did the podcast like bring you guys together? Oh, this was a total um, setup that worked out better than I could have imagined. So essentially how it came to be was a couple of years ago, I made this documentary about this woman named Grace Hopper who worked in computing, like starting in World War II. And so I was trying, I started to do more things in the world of STEM, even though I know nothing about STEM, actually. Um, But I thought there were all these amazing stories there. And I realized that podcasting was like a really great way to do it because, you know, especially with like more historic people with documentary, you have to find like archival footage and it's like the bar is very high. But with a podcast, I can like do a little story time at the end of an episode and Mm. just like briefly tell this person's story and also interview cool people. So um, Stitcher, uh, when I presented this idea to them, we're like, would you ever want to co-host? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And so they had just met with Deanna Reesonover and we're like, I think you two would really get along and do this well. And so, uh, we just did like a test recording and it was amazing and she's so great, but we've only ever been in the same room once because we did that in 2019 and then we didn't start doing the actual podcast until 2020 so we've done the entirety of this over zoom so we've really been like getting to know each other what's the Uh, first what's the first hang gonna be have you thought about what you guys are gonna like what kind of trouble you're gonna get into when you guys link (laughs) 
So we were talking about, uh, she was saying that she was making her own sauerkraut and we were talking about pickling things. And so I suggested that we go to this uh, restaurant um, in LA that's at Grand Central Market. So I think our producer, Tamika, Deanna and I, maybe we will go to this restaurant. A little sauerkraut tasting, you know, yeah. nothing nothing too wild. Sauerkraut with And also girls. nothing too normal. So no. just weird enough for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but we um, had to learn how to I had to learn how to crochet uh, for the podcast recently. So maybe we'll go to like some, you know, crocheting event. How are your crocheting skills? They're really bad. Okay. Um, you want to see? Yes. <laughs> you have an example of your, yeah. your your dog shit work that you'd like to yes. share. This is like, OK, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> exactly. So um, we interviewed this woman named Margaret Wertheim who um, has this project called the Hyperbolic Crocheted Coral, Coral Reef, where um, she and her twin sister have um, crocheted these figures that look, it looks like a coral reef. People should look it up. It's amazing. And so um, there's this connection between crocheting and hyperbolic geometry um, where they someone discovered that crocheting was actually the best way to physically represent hyperbolic geometry and then they're like oh and it kind of looks like um creatures in a coral reef so now mm. they're doing this big project they've done it all around the world and then people um in whatever city they're in also contribute their own okay in the crocheting community they they crochet things so we wanted her to teach us how to do hyperbolic crocheting and diana Knit so hers was amazing and perfect right off the bat, and mine looks like this. And when you say what is that, that's a very yeah. valid question. It looks uh, like I don't looks know like- what hyperbolic geometry means, so I can't say that that is or isn't what it's supposed to be. So I guess congrats gonna- or sorry that happened to you. <laughs> no, it's it. This isn't what it's supposed to look like. Okay. This looks like nothing. It looks yeah. like a baby yamaka. Yeah, I. I- I just did such a bad job, but I will say like, I went from never having crocheted ever to even being able to like do a stitch. I guess I'll give myself credit for that. That's Yo, I don't know if, I don't know if periodic talks has merch on the way, but uh, let me tell you, <laughs> the kids are hungry for merch out there. Maybe yeah. you want to, yes. one of one Congratulations very limited run to you both. Oh, th- thank yeah. you very much. Thank yeah. you. I mean, listen, there are no baby yarmulkes, but we can sell some pants if we have <laughs> yeah. to, you know? Uh, listen, if there's if there's ever a moment for periodic talks throwing fits crossover, I believe oh it's God. in the merch space. Yes, yeah, absolutely. That's, a, that's an incredible idea. <laughs> well, okay, you're obviously well versed in things like hyperbolic geometry <laughs> and crocheting now because of the podcast. But like, yeah. let's let's go back to a young Gillian. What were your grades like in math and science growing up? Trash. No, they weren't full trash because I think I uh, was too afraid of my mother to have full trash grades. But that wasn't. That I had to work harder for that. And I remember I was in honors advanced pre-calculus and I dropped down to honors pre-calculus. And my mother was very upset to the point where she like had my cousin call me and telling me I was making a terrible mistake that was going to ruin my life. Yeah, ruining your life. Sure. Yeah. When your mom uh, lit your house on fire. (laughs) That was after my mother lit our house on fire. Okay. Yeah, that happened when I was much younger. This, yeah, this I got this call in high school. So my mom really wanted me to like be good at math and science. She even tried to sign me up for this math 
summer camp at Carnegie Mellon University, where she worked in Pittsburgh, where I grew up, where you had to take this like incredibly hard hours long entrance exam. And I got so sick of it that I just like gave up and walked out. <laughs> you bounced? Damn. Yeah, I did. And so she still is upset about that. So maybe this podcast is really just me trying to make it up to my mother now that I think yeah, about to impress her finally. Like if she, if finally. your mom could have her druthers, what did she want you to like be when you grew up? That's a great question. Thank you. Um, well, I also did mention to her when I was little that I wanted to be like a Supreme Court judge. And she still brings that up like it's like a realistic thing. that could right. sure. so I think I've she been has- letting anyone in there these yeah, days. Apparently. You know? yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess she want, really would have loved it if I had pursued something in math or science. And certainly Carnegie Mellon is known for both of those of things. Yeah. Gillian, speaking from personal experience, uh, starting a podcast will not impress your parents. Yes. Trust, oh, trust us. <laughs> does your mom listen to your pod? Yes, she does. She does. Okay. My mother is incredibly supportive. Um, yeah. My mother, um, she listens. She loves it. Um, and uh, now I'm just telling her that she has to get all of her friends to uh, rate and review. Yeah, of course. Is she going to listen to this? Is she going to listen to this and uh, shout out Mrs. Jacobs, you know, if she's listening? Yeah, she'll listen. Absolutely. Hell yeah. 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 Tina will listen for sure. Um, Mrs. Jacobs, I'm sorry for asking your daughter about what panty she's wearing. <laughs> well, the, the pod's been going strong for like a few months now. And I, like, obviously it's been a project of yours that you've been developing for a few years now. Like, mm-hmm. was there a moment or any feedback, whether it was a review or just like a fan interaction that like has really resonated with you? Yeah. I mean, you know, someone left a review saying that they listened to the episode with their kid and that it was actually about the hyperbolic geometry and the crocheting and then went home and looked up images and they were going to start doing it themselves. And that was incredibly gratifying. Um, and that that's everything I've been hoping to do with it, you know? So yeah, I, I you know, it, things take so long to do um, that just now to have it out in the world and get to meet all these amazing people that we've gotten to interview. And, and like I said, become friends with Deanna. Um, it's all been great. Is um, the goal to like highlight these? Cause it's all, it's all women in STEM, right? Um, is it to like highlight not exclusively, but thus okay. far on our podcast? Yeah. We've is it to them. like get uh, young girls like more interested and be like, yo, like there are people that you can grow up to be, or is it like kind of a throwing fits type endeavor where just make as much money as possible for <laughs> doing the least amount of work possible? Yeah. Yeah, no, I I chose to do um, a show about STEM, which requires fact checking and research and all this stuff to try to make as much money as possible. You want to get rich like Ken Burns, you know? (laughs) Um, No, I think for me, it's like I, I... you know, now having, like I said, I've, I've gotten a chance to do some documentaries and like do print articles and everything. I just thought like, this is actually a really great way to be able to, to highlight a lot of people with the podcast medium. Um, and so it's, it's been that for me, if nothing else, like I'm just excited. Like I first heard about this woman, Margaret Wertheim with the crochet coral reef, like over 10 years ago. And I went and saw it when I still lived in New York. And so honestly, part of it is just like, I put her name on a list of somebody I've always wanted to meet and I got to talk to her and that was pretty cool. So, so do you have a favorite guest thus far then? And is it Margaret? Um, I'd say Margaret's up there. Another person that I just loved was Dr. Anissa Ramirez, who is a material scientist, um, who wrote this amazing book. Um, and I'd never heard of material science as a, uh, a discipline or an area of science, however you properly say it. This is why I have, you know, we have fact checkers right. on this. Right. Show. <laughs> you have professionals. Yeah. It's interns. Totally out of my depth. Um, 
But yeah, she wrote this incredible book where she talked about these um, inventions and how they changed us and changed the world. Like she was talking about the invention of the light bulb and all of these effects on it down to the fact that they think that the that artificial light is one of the contributing factors for why people are taller now. Really? Yes. Apparently the color in most light bulbs stimulates like the growth, whatever center of our brain. And Mm. so because we're in that type of light for so many more hours a day than we would have been hundreds of years ago, that may be a slight contributing factor. I need need all my short Kings to uh, turn on some lights. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say the the invention of Dries boots, I think, also contributed yeah. to, um, you know, the so, so talk, habits, besides, yeah. T- talking to all these amazing people is like the best part. And, and you know, uh, the, the bags of money from podcasting is just a nice perk on the side. Uh, who, who's been your least favorite guest so far? <laughs> who, who sucked? Yeah. No, that'd probably be like people who refuse to come on the pod. Right. Yes. Oh, does that happen? We've gotten some declines. Yeah. Why? I'm not going to name yeah. them. No, sure. That would be that would be Neil deGrasse Tyson. Your ass is on notice, <laughs> yeah. motherfucker. Bill Nye, pull up if you want that no, smoke. No, bitch. actually, we um, guest hosted Bill Nye's podcast, and he's actually a featured guest on one of our bonus episodes. Oh so. hell yeah, he's oh, really well, the only. I, we only know so many scientists. You know, yeah. so I your, really had a, didn't have a deep role deck. So. Uh, Beekman's world, that guy. Um, do you have a dream oh. guest? Like, who's on your wish list? Like, you know, you're yeah, definitely you've been on our wish list for a minute. Um, who's like your dream, dream guest yeah. to get? Who's your Gillian Jacobs? <laughs> um, who? Ooh, ooh, you're asking the good questions. I have not even so, thought about this. I want to really. Who, but I know uh, you. You said you made that list. You know. Yeah, I, I now I have to go back to. I oh gosh, I don't know. We've already had an astronaut. That's pretty cool, mm, right? That is cool. Damn. Sure. Um. Are they in Fast Nine, the uh, new Fast and Furious movie where they go to space? Oh my gosh! Well, you know the director director of the Fast and the Furious movies, Justin Lin, had directed a bunch of Community episodes. So I have an in there. I mean, I didn't think about that. Get Vinny, get Vinny on the horn. Yeah, 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 I should call Justin. Get Han, yeah. Han, Han's back. Get him. You know he needs Han is back. loving. <laughs> Though to right. be clear, that's Han is a make believe character. There's a real actor there, and I right. don't know who was in Justin Lin's uh, movie about Asian Americans in California. Better mm. luck tomorrow. Great film. Yeah. So What's, okay, what? Justin Lin. He's my Justin, dream. Justin Lin. <laughs> Justin, Justin Lin. Vin Diesel, etc. Yeah. All right, cool. What's been the hardest part about doing the podcast so far? Is it a, is it the fact that it's weekly? Um, you know, the shit Remote. never ends. The fucking audience people are monsters, right? They mm-hmm. just need more content all the time. Uh, what's the hardest part for you? Hmm. You know, I like that it's weekly because it's giving me a nice schedule and structure. So I enjoy that part of it. Yeah, I think it would be nice to be able to be in the same room with the people. Sure. Sure you know, um, that part um, has been hard. Um, trying to like soundproof <laughs> a closet well enough to be able to do the podcast. Are you really recording uh, in a closet? Like when you cut the pod? Yes. Yes. Wow. yes. That's the stew. <laughs> I have put every blanket I own into the, uh, you might need to crochet closet. some more. You know? Yes, exactly. I do have some crocheted blankets in there, but not <laughs> ones I made, but yeah, I have um, strung up. I, you know, it's been a little bit of engineering on my part, which I'm proud well, of. Like, yeah, that's the yeah, Ian stem, I mean, you know, that's the nature yeah, exactly. Of the yeah, so I've secured some sound blankets using um, suitcases and um, 
binder clips and strings. So um, there's no uh, AC in the closet. So during the summer, that was Ooh. a challenging. Yeah, it's going to be hot, dude. Well, you know what? They went to the moon with duct tape. So it sounds like, you know, you're 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 carrying on with a great tradition of American innovation. Um, I mean, granted, the moon landing was fake, obviously. But yeah, I'm sure yeah. there was duct tape on that movie set as well. Have you guys discovered, um, have you guys uncovered the fact that the moon landing's fake on your STEM pod? Periodic talks. <laughs> You know, when we interviewed astronaut Jessica Muir, who may be um, one of the next people to be on the moon, I didn't ask her about the the faked moon landing. I somehow it slipped my mind to ask right. her about Stanley. Right. <laughs> Do you? Um, when you're talking to these like professional scientists and engineers and and mathsmen and mathswomen women. Do they like talk about how conspiracy theories and like this distrust in science is kind of taken over? And like, what are their thoughts on on that? This whole like kind of recent phenomenon. We have not gotten into that. No, that has not come up. Um, But I mean, maybe it should be a future episode because we have that has actually never come up in any of our our episodes. Has it for you? Is this now a a featured part of the pod? No, it just see it just seems like like scientists and doctors are kind of fed up. They're like, yo, like yeah. science, like trust science, right? Like stop be- believing these fucking just because your uncle said it on Facebook, yeah. right? Doesn't mean that it's well, you know like this trust science. Per- this part of periodic talks exists as like a warrior for the truth. Right against like the shit that that is happening on Facebook, like James said. Have you thought about that? The responsibility you have, you know, to be a siren for truth. Oh my goodness! And I, I had never thought about that. Um, you're giving me additional responsibilities. Um, yeah, I hope it's not too much pressure, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it certainly did not start from that place. It genuinely okay. started yeah. because you know, I, I as soon as I did the podcast about, uh, I mean, as soon as I did the documentary about Grace Hopper, people started being like, "Do you know about this person? Do you know about this person? Mm. You, you should talk to this person." And I was interviewing people. Um, for like Glamour magazine and getting to talk to amazing people. And I just wanted to keep doing more of it. So that was as far as my thinking went. Yeah, you were trying to like amplify the platform that you had yeah. versus like be a, be a warrior and be a, a part of the culture war to be in yeah. the trenches. It's okay. uh, so yeah, it's, it's Bill Nye, Dr. Fauci, Gillian Jacobs, and her co host, Diana. You know, that's. So we need that's to follow, that's my starting lineup, dude. And you know, if, I, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm going to hit the court, Against the fucking monsters, that's my squad. 100%. <laughs> Against the monsters of racist uncles on Facebook. Gillian, <laughs> you have a motherfucking trilogy of movies coming out this summer. The summer, yes. what is it? The summer of fear on Netflix uh, with Fear Street. Yes. How stoked yes. are you to be back in the lab cooking up feature length films, even though you haven't come out uh, you know, recently? But yeah. What, <gasps> what can you tell us about Fear Street? Well, I mean, I read so much R.L. Stein growing up. I don't know if you both. We read Goosebumps. A lot of Goosebumps. A lot of Goosebumps. Yeah. Never, so, I, I was too much of a pussy for Fear Street, to be honest. Really? Yeah. I definitely a, read Fear Street. A, Fear Street was like, because like, that's for teenagers, and yeah. then like Goosebumps is like a preteen thing, right? Yes. I think I thought of it as like very adult Fear Street. Mm. Dangerous. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So when they sent me the script, they're like, don't know if you've ever heard it. I was like, no context required. I know yep, exactly right. what Fear Street is. I was very excited. And Lee, um, who directed all three of them back to back, which I just thought was like an incredible feat. She's so amazing. I've gotten to see little snippets doing ADR once again from the closet. Um, and the movies look amazing. And I was just so impressed by the fact that she, you know, shot three movies back to back and is now 
edited three back to back. So I'm, I'm really excited for them to come out. This are summer. they legit scary? Like, are we going to like, are we going to terrifying? I thought they were very scary. I you mean, hate scary I, movies. Yeah. What's what? your bar? You're like very scared of scary movies, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm scared of everything. Um, but I think other people who are braver than myself will find them scary. I mean, they were really cool to make and the cast was great. And I was like, yeah, I was in, I was like in the R.L. Stein books I read as a kid come to life. So that was yeah. really cool. So they take place one, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but the years like 94, 78 and 1666. Yes. Are you in, are you in all three? Are we allowed to say? I don't know what I can say. Mm, I don't want to get in trouble. No, what we don't want to get in trouble. Okay. How about that? What? I'm in more than one movie. Oh, okay. okay. Breaking uh, news. Breaking. Unrelated question. What do you think of the fits in, you know, Pilgrim America? <laughs> you know, okay. A lot of Tom Brown. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not in that section of the movie. Mm, okay. I'm very grateful because they shot that in the dead of summer. Um, and they were wearing like full wool, many layers. So mm-hmm. I was feeling very grateful that I was not, um, in that section of the films. So I, I, you know, I like to be very comfortable. You were saying like, I, you know, don't yeah, we were saying how much of a diva you were earlier. Yeah, yeah. I now try and like get away with wearing, not wearing heels, um, <laughs> on on camera as well that's one of my big fights so i'm like just the only thing i really care about is like comfortable shoes mm. um yeah and that's why it's all about the voice acting right and, yeah. the, and, the and podcast. exactly and that, not wooden yes. clogs whatever the shoe yeah. du jour was in 1616 i do wear a lot of, of clogs around the house those are very those are the chef's shoe of choice right yes yeah phil did phil chang put you onto those no, I don't know. When did I get into the dance goes? Oh, I think that was like a good set shoe. It's yeah. like if you're off camera. You know, if your feet aren't on camera, they're easy to take on and off. Um, and they're very comfortable. And my podiatrist said I should wear them. No free feet pics. <laughs> we respect that. Yeah. <laughs> Gillian, what is your IMDb is fucking you could scroll that shit for hours. What's been the favorite movie that you've been in? If you had oh. to pick. God, you guys really ask good questions. But we want to make you. It is indeed our job. <laughs> um, truly, though, questions I've never been asked before. Um, what is my favorite movie? I'm just glad your publicist isn't on the Zoom. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, one that like I think really people seem to resonate with and um and talk about a lot is this. I was in this movie, Don't Think Twice, that Mike Birbiglia uh, wrote and directed. Um that I was in that, that really seems to have like struck a chord with people. So I'll go with that. Do you, do you rewatch a lot of your old stuff? Do you like never want or you never revisit it? I don't really revisit it. No. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of like the last time I conscious, like chose to go back and rewatch. Right. Something. Not just like, Oh, I'm on TNT or whatever, but like <laughs> actually we're like, I'm going to sit down you know, and drama. watch myself. Yes. Yeah. No, I like, I remembered I was, I was in a episode of law and order criminal intent. Um, mm. and I remembered that I had a very bad hairstyle on that. Um, <laughs> and that when what year the, was that, that was like 2000 and, eight or two early 2009, something like that. Tough year for him. Yeah. And I remember (laughs) 
when the hairstylist finished, I was like, do you think maybe we could brush it out a little bit? And she goes, you get what you get. It, like if yeah. she didn't literally say next, it was a ride. Right. Um, She's like, I heard about you from the woman in wardrobe. You won't yeah, wear earrings. No earrings. Tell me to change the hair. Yeah. Pants goes only. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I remember I was like that. I, I remembered how I, I remembered it being bad, but I didn't have a clear mental image of it and I couldn't find it anywhere. And I actually I had my agents like call Dick Wolf's company and they sent me a link. And I was doing this movie where my co-star was eight years old. And I was like, I got the email with the link and I was like, oh my goodness, you want to see me in this thing that I shot when you weren't alive? Um, and he, and um, we pressed play and he went, you look terrible. And I was like, Oh, it's worse than I remember. Like <laughs> that was very much a, you don't want my life yeah. moment. Yeah. <laughs> Get out Get out while you still can stay young forever. <laughs> so that really was really the last time I consciously went back to watch something, but just to like remind myself of how terrible I looked. Yeah. Right. You're, Again, you're a not a queen. You're not on social media, which like, we'll we'll talk about in a second, but like, do you read the, rev- like, do you read the comments? Do you like, do you, do you f- search out that feedback or are you just like, yeah. not like I did the work and I'm happy with it and it's out there. It's done. You know, I grew up doing plays and one of my favorite things about theater, um, <laughs> to be, <laughs> theater. Uh, theater is that it's like a unspoken thing that you don't read the reviews or if you do, like you're not supposed to talk about it once you get to the theater and then sort of when the play ends, they hand you a, like a, stack of all the reviews and everything Mm. but having gotten some really terrible reviews in plays as a kid i think it really um like taught me that lesson of don't read the reviews like i got a savage review when i was like 16 in the local paper and um, my acting teacher gave me a book called no turn unstoned that diana rigg who was like famously on the Avengers, that TV show, and then on Game of Thrones. Um, She compiled a book of all these like horrible reviews that actors had gotten um, over the years. And so my acting teacher was like, you're in very good company now. And that kind of like turned me off from reading reviews. So yeah, I, I really don't. I don't what about, read what about podcast iTunes reviews? You 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 kind of getting getting those out of the way too, or are you kind of digging in there because like this is a kind of new endeavor and and you want to see how it's being received. Well, also, we're trying to get more people to write reviews for the right. podcast. So we read them at the end of the episode. So those I have. Oh, over. OK. There you go. Yes. But that that would be the one exception to the rule. Awesome. It's like the homie. It's like the homie Teddy Roosevelt, the motherfucking bull moose said it is not the critic who counts. The credit belongs to the man who is actually or woman who is actually in the arena. Tell him that Boom. next time uh, you, know, mm. you get a bad review. Tell him that. Yeah. What was your least favorite movie that you've been in? Oh, God. You got to be honest. I feel like yeah. the, the ongoing sides thread, very coin. the red thread but of this like, episode is honesty with ourselves. Yeah, I know. But then when when you when you make a movie, it's such a group effort. And that was somebody's dream thing, right. you know, so I always feel badly. Yeah. Well, what about if it's yeah. uh, what? dude, where's my car was at one point somebody's dream? I think I auditioned for a, a was there a sequel? For dude, where's my car? I have no idea. Maybe. I also dude, I found, I found the car. Movie. Dude, where's my keys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I yeah. I don't. I don't want to say. Come on. Yeah, right, okay. Fine. We're just. We're just fucking oh, around. So then, how about this? What What is the one role that's gotten away? Like, what was like the that you were like, damn, I really wish I had fucking gotten that. And maybe it is something like maybe it is. Okay. Dude, where's my car too? <laughs> this is gonna sound 
really silly. But the first thing that comes to mind when you say that is that I really wanted this Dasani water commercial <laughs> where um, it was directed by Wes Anderson and the and the person was dressed as a hamster. And I thought it was really funny. Um, and I really wanted that commercial and I didn't get it. And I was That's married. a real commercial? That it exists. was, yeah. Damn, yeah. Okay. Is there a director that is there a director that you really want to work with one day? Like Wes? Oh my god, Michael Mann. Oh yes. Oh my god, dude. I just rewatched Thief. Uh that's on HBO Max. James Khan, iconic movie. Yeah, Michael Mann would be incredible, dude. You'll be in Miami Vice too. I think we can do that. You know what? One of the first ADs on Fear Street actually worked on Thief. And when I found that out, I would just corner him and ask him stories about shooting Thief and Michael Mann. Do you have, uh, a, do you have a favorite Michael Mann movie? Because he's, I feel like he's such a dude's rock kind of uh, director. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of like masculine type dudes on film, Twitter, not that you're on social media, but that really like kind of hold up the mantle for man. So I'm wondering from your, like, what is your favorite Michael Mann movie? I mean, obviously, Heat is incredible, yeah, but I sure. also really like Manhunter. Yes, absolutely, and 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 much better than Red Dragon with Edward Norton with the worst bleached hair. I <laughs> that was the only guy with worse hair than you when you were on Criminal Intent, Edward Norton in Red Dragon. <laughs> I don't know. You haven't seen my episode of Criminal Intent. We're gonna, we're gonna, go we're gonna, we're gonna definitely pull yeah, it up at some absolutely. point. Don't worry. Did you have like okay. the emo? It was like 2008. Did you have like the emo, like raw sweep or whatever? Like, I wish. No, that would have been that. felt like emblematic of the time. Mine yeah. was just bad in any era. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, timelessly Gil- shitty. Gillian, mm-hmm. super stoked for Fear Street, obviously, and for your um, eventual collaboration with Michael Mann. Um, but you've been in a few projects that have like crazy fandom and like crazy, you know, like a rabid fan base. So, like, you know, obviously community, right? Um, and now Invincible, yeah. which is streaming on Amazon Prime. Super gory, by the way. I uh, yes. had to look away once or twice. But <laughs> when you're involved with like a project that like nerds, for lack of a better term, love, you know, the Invincible comics are already a cult classic. Community, uh, you know, forever cult class, forever classic period. When you're involved in a project that these nerds just like get froth at the mouth over, is the fandom like much more intense? And how do you kind of like steal yourself to that? Well, those are like two very opposite experiences. So one is like you're building community, right? Like we're all making it together. It's not based on any kind of IP. So that like takes on a life of its own. And we were so excited to watch it develop a fan base because it could have easily gotten canceled after six episodes. And that would have been it. So that was definitely like, I think the moment that I realized that we had people who loved the show was we went to Comic-Con between the first and second season. So we'd shot all of season one. It had aired. We were about to go start shooting season two and you know, we were not a ratings hit. Uh, we were not like taking the world by storm, but we, and I didn't know enough to know that we were in one of the small halls at Comic-Con. So to <laughs> me, it was like huge. I didn't yeah. really understand, but we walked out and we got like a standing ovation and people were clapping and cheering like for a sustained period of time. And I started crying, which I do a lot. Um, and that, that was like, that was the moment for me when I realized, oh, this isn't a show with just like, oh, yeah, I like it. You know, right. um, there might not have been millions upon millions of people who felt that way. But like to make something that people really care about is never a guarantee. So that was like amazing. And then straight, with, great, straight grateful. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. I like tried to remain 
very conscious of that throughout the whole thing of like, you may never again be a part of something that means something to people mm. in the same way. And don't take that for granted. And that is really incredible. Um, Invincible was an existing thing that I'm now coming into. So that's a right. different type of pressure. And as it always goes back to Phil Chang, like Phil loves Invincible. He loves the comic. And I've I've never heard him more excited for anything that I've been a part of than oh, sick. Um, when that was announced. So then I felt a pressure of like, I don't want to disappoint Phil. Right. Yeah. Um, Damn. Uh, Can't but, let down Phil. Yeah, but I got a very like excited, enthusiastic text after the first episode first two episodes were out. So I felt like I didn't let down Phil. So I'm good. What would your so you play Adam Eve, who's kind of like the cool girl dating like the asshole jock um, who can like manipulate Adams. What would your Gillian Jacobs's superpower be if you could get one? Hmm. You think after having done all this Zoom press for a show about superheroes, I would have been asked that question. But once Damn, again, this is why the lamestream media fucking it up yeah. again. No surprises there. Oh, what was your inspiration? No, yeah. we're going to ask you like how much weed you smoke before you fire up that microphone. Yeah. Uh, what would be my superpower? Uh, I mean, I can only think of the most obvious answers, which is like flying or something like that. And, and um, it's obvious because it's good. We're not going to yeah. begrudge that. I mean, I don't know. What do you two think? Flying would be sick for sure. Um, Invisibility. Well, invisibility seems like creepy, to be honest. Hmm. I would like Uh, to be just like a super genius on some Lex Luthor. I'm pretty much a huge dumbass Gillian, so I would love to not be that. So, yeah, that would be mine. And flying. Yeah, a smart dude who can fly. Smart dude who can fly. Yeah, Yeah. I'll take that. I'll be a smart dude who can fly. Were you, you, uh, to get into the Adam Eve character, like, what were you like in high school? Were you like the the pretty popular girl that was dating the asshole jock no <laughs> <laughs> what were you like in high school yeah paint us a picture i was definitely pretty socially awkward um didn't really i had a core group of friends and we would like compete over sat scores that was like sort of Ooh, uh, you guys sound terrible yeah what'd you get yeah, what are you gonna say? Oh God, I set myself up for this one, didn't I? Um, we used I, to always ask. This funny because we've gotten really? away from this. We used to ask guests all the time. Yeah. I got a fourteen forty. James, okay. you got what? Fifteen fifty. Yeah, smart oh, podcast. Between you two, I think I got a fourteen sixty. Oh, mm. so I'm the low guy. God damn yeah. it! Damn, I shouldn't have said anything. Middle child, most successful though, you know. Yeah. Mm, yeah. See, very good on the verbal side, and to my mother's eternal disappointment, not mm. as small as that. Would you take? Right. Would you guys take extra SATs? Were you those motherfuckers that yes. are like, oh my god, Gillian? Did did you win a superlative, uh, or or were, did you get a super like most likely to whatever to get swirlied? <laughs> <laughs> most most I, likely I, to be a buzzkill. That. That feels real. Okay. Um, and there was an episode of Community where it was like an animated episode where my character's name was Buzzkill. So that <laughs> okay, perfect. That, um, that is a, a name that is definitely following around. Yeah. No, I I'm like uh, I was. Let me think. I mean, I definitely remember in middle school someone like saying to me with real concern, like "You're going to get shoved into a locker." <laughs> um, 
So I was not, I was never popular really. Um, I, my, all my friends were really at my like acting class on the weekend where it was like kids from all around the city. It was never like at my school. Well, to all those uh, fellow, you know, alumni of your high school who are, who are just currently working at the subway in Pittsburgh. <laughs> fuck you. We got Adam, we got Adam Eve on the motherfucking zoom here. Um, Put down your pipe and smoke it. it. Give yourself you, a swirly, you fucking losers. Yo, I've been uh, just kind of randomly throwing on Rick and Morty episodes, and I called you the Valorous Vindicator. Your your name just popped, and I'm not like a huge Rick and Morty stan, but your name just popped up. I was like, oh my God, how serendipitous. Um, you've done Rick and Morty. You've mm-hmm. done Invincible. You've mm-hmm. said that you like, and some other uh, voice acting. Is voice acting, the, though, the ultimate work hack? Like, you just don't leave the crib. You just go yeah. in your closet. Don't have to get dressed. Don't have to put on makeup. You just show up and just fucking. Yeah. Don't tell anyone because I'm really. (laughs) Oh, sorry for blowing your spot up. You fucking scammer. (laughs) No, I love it. I really love it. Um, I have so much fun doing it. I, um, I consciously was like, I really want to do more of this a few years ago. So that's like why it's been so cool that things like Invincible have happened because it's been so much fun. And I mean, I loved watching animated shows as a kid. And even like, I used to watch a ton of animated shows in college. Like I, I love them. So like, like what, what, what would you watch? Simpsons? I wasn't as much as the Simpsons. I mean, definitely like I watched the X-Men in the nineties. I loved mm. that. And that Batman that kind of had that like art deco. Yes. Oh, the Batman, the animated series yeah. also on HBO max, a fucking classic. I watched a lot of that. Um, and then what did I watch? I watched like Space Ghost. Um, I loved Adventure. Renegade Angel was a big favorite of mine. Um, I'm trying to think of other shows that I watched. Um, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I was on an episode of that because I basically asked yeah, 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 to be yeah. on it. Um, I really liked Adventure Time. I basically asked mm. to be on an episode of Adventure Time. Um, that's been my another go to method for me. Is just like if you like a show, ask to be on it. Yeah. The, the the voice work is the the creative itch that's being scratched there. Just like the freedom to like be completely out there with the characters. Is it something that simple, or is it maybe deeper for you? Like I would just be curious to know. No, I love it so much. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think it's um, it's like a fun challenge too to like see if you can give a whole performance with just your. I even did like a scripted podcast. Uh, It's Mm. called Blood Ties, and that is like much more dramatic and grounded. So that's challenging in a whole different way because you don't you'll never have like the visual component of it. The expressiveness that you give as an actor, yeah, yeah. So like that that was a good uh, kind of fun, cool challenge too, of like, can I give what feels like a full grounded three-dimensional performance with just my voice? Um, So yeah, I think if anytime it feels like a new kind of challenge, I I enjoy that. um, You know, I know that you've been just doing all your work from bed, uh, you know, all this voice, voiceover work, like the cast of Invincible is stacked front to back, you know, uh, Sandra O, Stephen Yuen, JK Simmons, yourself, Seth Rogen, Jason Manzoukas, like, it's um, obviously so many more. Have you never met these people like to do to do Invincible? <laughs> well, I am. I've met Stephen and I actually did this uh, episode of this show, Weird City, uh, for YouTube. And he's another good friend of Phil. It always goes back to Phil Chang. So um, <laughs> the source. Yeah. Yes. And so, yeah. So when I finally met Steven, it was like, I've been hearing about you for years from Phil. Um, so I know Steven. I know Manzukis. Um but yeah, the rest of the cast, I feel like we just 
kind of have been doing zoom press together. Um, and never, I never got to record with anyone else. Is uh Steven getting a big head because of the fucking Minari Oscar buzz? <laughs> the documentary on rise and grind culture. He still <laughs> seems like the same Steven to me. He's I mean, right. he's amazing. What is there a more deserving person? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, I want to talk about community, obviously like your, you know, the, the, the world that you and so many other people built out that is just so beloved, um, community, community, uh, is basically like, I don't know, it started like 12 years ago. Right. I mean, even before that, yeah, whenever yeah. that was. have you accepted like, and, and how do you grapple with the fact positive and negative that you'll forever be associated with this like singular character? You know, I think that, like I said, there's no guarantee that you'll ever be a part of something that means something to people. And right. so We're still I don't, working on it. <laughs> you'll get there. I believe in you. Um, you. So yeah, no, I, I take it as a total honor and like a stroke of good fortune that yeah. I wound up cast on that show. I woke up the day of that audition, very sick um, and almost didn't go to the audition, but so it all feels kind of like, Wow. Flap on a butterfly's wings. Yeah. That could have changed yeah. everything. Yeah. How do you feel though? How do you feel about like, uh, especially like this past year, it feels like there's really been kind of a resurgence of like community. It, it hit streaming. People are like, Oh my God, I forgot how much I love this show. People are discovering it for the first time. You guys did a table read. There's all this talk about a movie. All, all I see are clips of community on TikTok. Like really? how do you feel? Yeah. How do you feel about just the, the, the love, the outpouring in the past year for community? I mean, it feels incredibly gratifying because there were so many times almost daily for years where we thought we were going to be canceled. No one was watching the show. Um, NBC didn't appear to care about the show at all. Um, you know, it, it, and we would sit there going like, I think it's good. Are we just like having some, I don't know, like, do we just love it? Cause it's our show. Right. Um, but it felt like, no, this is actually good. This is actually funny. I mean, like, and look at the cast too, like the good fortune of the people I wound up, you know, my first big job ever, really all the people right. I got to work with. So it's gratifying to feel like people um, like it. Cause we worked really hard to make it. And at the time it felt like nobody <laughs> was paying attention. Nobody cared. No one cared. So, you know, it only took how many years, but yeah. What was Danny Glover just off in the corner, fucking being a little weirdo and like scribbling his, his, you know, rhyme notebook. Was Donald a scribbling? Donald yes. Glover, yeah. Yes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Danny or Danny Glover. We don't know. Yeah, Danny, who was Danny Glover there? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Donald was actually always like writing a movie, working on music. Um, I think I was at one of his first ever shows um, in, I think it was in a bar in Queens. And I remember going to the taping of one of his stand-up specials for Comedy Central. And we as a cast in LA used to go to like all of his early concerts together. Um, I found this picture. Donald opened for Joel in Vegas one time doing stand-up. And the whole cast, we all went to Vegas um, see them. So, I mean, we always knew that Donald was going to have right. the career that he's having. It there was, was no very, questions there. Yeah. Very obvious. Um, and so we were always just kind of in awe of Donald. 
Well, I mentioned, uh, you know, seeing clips on TikTok constantly and, and you wouldn't see them because you are not on social media. Why are you not on social media? I don't know. I just didn't feel like doing it anymore. <laughs> you opted out. How do you know about that, how, how do you know about all the fits that Lawrence and I put together and post? Yeah. You know, to, to how are you going to promote this podcast, Gillian? We're going to oh, need you to no. come back just for twenty four hours. Yeah, yeah, why did you want me on? Um, no, I. Uh... <laughs> Can you reactivate your shit? Post a swipe up and then bounce. Yeah. Did you, oh, it's man. not completely wiped. There's no way your people let you delete it. It's definitely just what like whatever it is deactivated is the term, right? I, I, it might be gone. I don't know. Oh, oh God damn. <laughs> But nuclear, she went scorched earth. Have you ever been? Have you ever been tempted to come back on? Like maybe you had on a a fire fit, and you're like, I need to post this. Or I got a a live tweet this Super Bowl halftime show, (laughs) or like a political cause, or you know, personal. Yeah, or that. But mostly the fit. Like, have you ever been tempted to come back on socials? Are we going to see you there? Yeah. Well, you know what, my I I and I can't like take credit, you know, because I'm fortunate enough to get to work with a stylist and also like hair and makeup people, but my amazing stylist, Erica Cloud, she has an Instagram uh, account. So ah. when I've worn outfits for press, you get to have your cake and eat it too. Mm. I see. Okay. There so it is. Check out EC does it on Instagram. Erica is amazing, but that's where EC. we can peep all of your, your big fits. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Got it. Damn. EC keep on doing it. Um, yeah. Who needs a Finsta when you have a stylist, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> I'm Hollywood I think it, shit. So, I might be getting this wrong, but last winter, I believe you submitted a fit pick to our fit check Friday when you're still on socials and it was like a throwback, but it was like the t-shirt was incredible or something. And we were just like, Oh my God, Gillian knows who we are. Gillian like puts fire fits together. We need to get her on the pod. Since then you said that uh, you claim to have only worn seven t-shirts for all of quarantine. What are those seven t-shirts? What's the rotation? Two of them by Phil Chang. Okay. Um, <laughs> one is the Bjork band cramp mm, uh, shirt. Yeah. Did. Um, it's Bjork, but with like the bounty logo logo. Another one he did that has like a text bubble that says it's fine. Mm-hmm. Red like 3am. Um, my friend, Rachel Antonoff, she made a long yeah. sleeve shirt with her URL on it. I've worn that one a ton um what else have i been wearing um let's see uh oh that how do you pronounce it k-u-l-e cool is it cool how do you say it you know them king cruel no i don't know just k-u-l-e i don't know how do you say it cool 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 yeah yeah whatever i love striped shirts i've always loved striped shirts I've got a striped shirt from them that i've been wearing how is it one two three four um what else have i been wearing Oh, um, <laughs> a friend of a friend has a soap company <laughs> called Zoopy Zoom, and I side-eyed this shirt. Oh, cool. Uh, nice. That kind of looks like a, that, that uh, mascot oh, cool. looks like a, somebody in Fear Street that would then kill you. Yeah. yeah it's like a deranged, deranged rabbit. rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I did this movie in Chicago, and someone on the crew had on the shirt that I thought was amazing, and it was... Uh, Band merch for their brother's band, I think, and as a rap gift, they gave me this shirt. So um, I think the band is called Bib. Yeah, it looks like the band is called Bib. Looks like Can the band. Buy something for me, real quick, Gillian. When you are, you know, in our world, James and I, the John's enthusiasts, always hunting down grails. You see a lot of like staff and and cast, like you know, not merch that was ever yeah. made. To, no, but like rap gifts and stuff. Yeah. Whether it's yeah. 
and cut jams or friends seinfeld do you have a lot of that shit from projects you worked on or is that like an anomaly even in hollywood no 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 i have it um I've given my mom a lot of the community sweatshirts. Um, mm. At a certain point, Joel McHale started making sweatshirts as wrap gifts every season. And so my mom wears a lot of those regularly. And then I have other ones that I just have put away. I'm trying to think of what I wear the most. Um, I the, the thing in that category that I wear the most frequently is my friend Mikey Alfred directed this movie called North Hollywood. Yeah. Um, this is a legal uh, sieve, right? Yes. Yeah. We are hopefully talking to Ryder McLaughlin. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So have you seen Mike, North Hollywood, by the way? I haven't seen it. I was oh, out of okay. town when he did the screening, um, but I'm in like one scene of that. Oh, it, sick. I have a screener link. I'll send it to you. Oh, awesome. I think yeah, that's how that so works, right? Me, I dude, I would like a screener link. <laughs> what the fuck? All right, whatever. Anyway. Or it's but, a lot happens behind the scenes that yeah, you're not clearly. You know, to. <laughs> Christ. You're asking Gillian what panties she's wearing and getting screeners from Mike. You get the fuck. Why don't we even do this? Cut out. You're, here, you're the eye candy. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> clearly. Uh, but so Mikey, as a rap gift, got everyone... Um, letterman's jackets oh, and then yeah. had um north hollywood like sewn on as a patch um right. and so that i genuinely wear all the time that is fucking fire and not yeah. to tell you what to do but maybe put that pop that bad boy on for the fit pick you know oh great i'll tell erica <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah right are you gonna get your fit pick styled for for our promo that would be oh. a first time move no i feel like i have to be be yourself. Yeah, be, na- be natural. Right? That's the whole point. Um, yeah, that's why I didn't consult with anyone on today's. Right. Thank you so much. Book. It sounds like with, with, with EC, with Erica doing her thing, you know, you have access to like any Johns in the world, but in terms of like personal, personal grails in your possession that have sentimental value, like what, what are those? I think the thing that when you say sentimental value, the thing that comes to mind is like Mark Jacobs heels that I bought myself, like, right when the Mark Jacobs stores opened in the West village. And it was yeah. like a real thing. And I hey, said my name on them. <laughs> yeah. 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 Jacobs. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that to me was like, cause you know, I, I grew up with like mall stores and didn't really know much about fashion before I moved to New York to go to college. And so that was like a whole new thing for me. And I would try and like dress up, to go to Barney's because I thought they wouldn't let me try on the clothes <laughs> I fancy and rich. Um, like but club. I didn't own anything. Yeah. I didn't really own anything nice, but like it was my version, I guess, of like maybe what like my mom would wear. Like I thought that would make me more respectable. And I have a vivid memory of getting like a $3,000 Alexander McQueen dress stuck halfway on and <laughs> being so afraid that I was going to rip it and I truly could not afford it. And I remember, you know, someone like banging on the door being like, what's going on in there? And I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> Somehow got it off. But yeah. So, I mean, like all of that, you know, to me was like so exciting and cool. And um, so I, I still have some Mark Jacobs heels that I bought way back in the day. Very sick. All right. Um, I've, I've one lingering question about community. So you mentioned that Joel McHale started making uh, sweaters of rap gifts. Did, who who in your opinion had the best personal style in community, and did Joel McHale think that he was the guy with the best style on community? Because it's he certainly dressed like it. 
Joel has the most opinions about other people's clothes of anyone. Interesting. In okay. Yes. So basically, very recently, I was mocked um, for wearing a fleece on a Zoom um, by Joel. <laughs> what? And- Shows what he knows. Yeah. Is he still in like, is he still wearing like skinny suits and like skinny ties and shit? Yeah. I haven't seen what kind of suits he's wearing lately. Um, who had the best style? In your opinion. In my opinion. In your esteemed opinion. In my highly esteemed um, professional opinion. I, I mean, Donald. Yeah. Um, was he wearing Bodie pants and no shirt? No, it was, it was like, it would have been like he was probably on his hips. I know, shit, I know. Right. <laughs> Oh, right. There was like a lot of band of outsiders. Yes. Oh, that's oh, right. Great. He, he was, was in a campaign, a campaign one of those yeah, yeah. Polaroid campaigns. That was a fucking moment. Yeah, he was a guy. I mean, yeah. he still is for a lot of people. I mean, he's killing it now, maybe harder than he ever has. Respect. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's also one of those things where it's almost not fair to ask because we were working such crazy hours that you would just sort of throw on <laughs> whatever yeah. to go to work. You know what I mean? And you'd be in that, those clothes for like, a total of yeah. two hours a day and really just basically in our costume. So when I think about everybody's style, I think I'm really just thinking of what they wore on the show. Um, I, well, in that case, then it's pop pop. Uh-huh. I'm trying to think. I mean, but it, I mean, I like a striped sweater. I got to wear a lot of striped <laughs> sweaters on that show. I still have a lot of them. Um, oh, you, you, you pilfered some shit from wardrobe. That is a lesson I learned from Joel McHale, which is like steal. call the executives. Yeah. At, no, not steal. Call the executives at Sony at the end of the season and demand your clothing. Tomorrow. Mm, um, nice. Yeah. So he was definitely taught me that lesson. Um, and so I still have a lot of, of British sweaters. Yeah. Well, uh, Gillian. Love, love seeing wisdom passed down. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Generational mental wealth. Um you know, so besides the one episode of uh, Law and Order that you started with the terrible hair, and you know, we've all been in lockdown, in quarantine, just streaming the shit out of everything. What are some of the best things that you've watched over quarantine? Um, I had never f- watched all the episodes of Barry, and I love Barry. Yeah. Oh, so, it's so good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's like this one episode in the second season that's sort of like a standalone movie with um bill Hader and this little girl um that i think is just incredible and just like bill Hader directed it and i think it's like the little psychopath girl that can't be killed yeah like i just was so impressed by his directing um of that episode and just how incredible that that episode was so i was definitely really into barry um all the like gentle British competition shows, which have almost no competition. <laughs> um, so like great pottery throwdown, um, uh, bake off yep. uh, repair shop, which is even more gentle because there's no competition and they always fix everything. <laughs> um, so just like gentle, sweet. Did bake off inspire you to bake it all over core? Um, a little bit, but I am really bad really bad i respect baking now um that's why you don't go near it you respect yeah. it too much yeah yeah and because of the podcast i realized how much science and chemistry is yeah. involved you in respect baking. the sanctity of the art and the science the, yeah. the the meaning of art and science that is baking right yeah and i'm lacking so right. i i don't dare well hopefully if people do trust the science and do follow the science you know we're on the tail end of quarantine here um you know when things open up 
as like as a teetotaler, what does a non-pandemic Saturday night look like for you? What would I do on a Saturday night? Crochet a little yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've, I, I also taught myself how to hand stitch a buttonhole in this oh, last nice. year. So, um, nice, dude. yeah. Okay. Pre, oh, I love food. I love restaurants. I can't cook, but I love restaurants. So pre pandemic, I always be going to restaurants in LA. So I really miss that. And I can't wait you prefer to, to eat alone. Do you like to eat with a big group, small group, one friend to have some one-on-one time? What's the ideal, you know, company situation? I don't mind eating by myself, Same. you know, and, and I think that's also a product of like doing a lot of jobs on location in a different yeah. city and being by myself. Like I like to bring a book and read um, and eat by myself. So I have no problems with that. I'd say I prefer smaller rather than bigger group of people for dinner. Um, maybe not more than four. Let's okay. go with four top. What uh, not to not to give any you know intel to any like potential fans or stalkers, but like what are some restaurants that are some like absolute must hits when someone's in LA? When someone is in LA, one must go to Grand Central Terminal. Has a whole bunch of. Spots. has a bunch of Vincent great Market. places. Um, I let's see. Oh, gosh, what about cuisine type? We doing taco trucks. Yeah. We doing oh, yeah. Japanese. Um, I, barbecue. Oh, I like all. I like all food basically. Um, and I. Hmm, what have I been missing? What have I been missing? You know what I've been missing is just like going to an ice cream shop and mm. getting an ice cream cone and walking down the street. I really like ice cream. Nothing you should have been American born. You should have been born in like 1953. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I am a very like, as you know, you guys have <laughs> mentioned solitary <laughs> loner. Um, yeah, man. Yes. So sitting You're by a podcaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a basement dwelling lone yeah. wolf podcaster. Chud. A, ch- a true chud. Gillian. Got to ask this. Um, it's comf- It's a topic that most of us here in America aren't necessarily comfortable talking about. But you know, transparency is good for most things, including we ask every guest topic. We and it's something we ask every guest. Um, and that question is, how much money do you make? <laughs> Enough. Uncle Sam Enough. is not listening. Okay. Um, <laughs> what What do you like to spend your money on, though? It, like, besides, you know, when, when post pandemic, like times are times are a little back to normal, like eating out, mm-hmm. travel. Yeah. Well, no, I don't really travel except for work. Um, Mm. That's like, everyone's always telling me I should go on vacation and I don't travel for pleasure at all. No, I can't remember the last time I did. Really, Is that because you get to be on location at such amazing places that you do enjoy yourself? Like Culver City? Yeah. (laughs) Fucking back. A few years in Culver City. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know, I think that. I have a hard time planning trips. Um, and maybe to your question, the, the problem with like, what would I do on a Saturday night? And I don't really have an answer for that is also like, why don't I go on vacation? What do I like to do? I don't really know. Um, so <laughs> that leads to no vacations. Um, just traveling for work. I mean, yeah. is, do you have like a pet that you dote on? Is it like, are you a secret like car collector? Like, what do you spend your money on? 
Um, uh, no, I no longer have a pet. Um, oh, I don't collect yeah, our cars. Condolences. Thank you. Okay, um, you confirmed. Do not collect cars. Okay. No, Breaking I don't news. collect cars. You, so you're like saving up for something that maybe one day, you know. You know, I I tried to take a lot of lessons from um, things I heard adults talking about when I was a kid. One was like, don't fuck up your knees. Um, I heard a lot of adults right. complaining about that, so I've always been afraid <laughs> of running. And then another one was like. Oh, why did I take money out of my 401k? I should have never done that. Why didn't I save more towards retirement? So as soon as I started earning enough to actually like save anything, I would just want to yeah. save for retirement. You're saving. Not a That's spender. responsible. That. You're frugal. That's fine. Um, let's get on to the third and final topic of this podcast, which is meats and cheeks. Gillian, we want to know, I mean, love dealt so much with like kind of, you know, dating as a young person in your experience what has been the worst first date that you have ever been on oh my gosh okay um and and please name names (laughs) (laughs) um i i i will see um it it involved at one point the person saying that they could get me a job at a strip club Um, (laughs) oh my god yeah and then um then uh taking me to serendipity which i thought was like as a snobbish you like know this is corny as fuck yes but and did you get I, the frozen hot chocolate yeah come yeah. on yeah like i i i just was i ha- it was a point of pride for me that i had never been to serendipity mm. so i felt like that was taken from me in that moment you know now i'm imagining john Cus- cusack telling Catherine zeta jones he can get her job at a strip club <laughs> I care. I think it was like there's a scores on the Upper East Side, right? I feel like it was. Yeah, like, probably. Yeah. I think it was like going back <laughs> there to go to Serendipity, being like, oh wow, yeah, yeah. But that sounds like a real charmer. Yeah. Um, and then like trying to get me to go home with him by telling me that his mom would make me breakfast in the morning. He lived with his mom. Mm-hmm. Damn. All right. This guy was all over the place. Was he, he trying was to get? In. Was he trying to get his mom a job? Every shot. Of, like. <laughs> guy sucks i apologize yeah. on behalf of all men but we do have we do also, have a lot i want to of... apologize on behalf of kate beckinsale she's who's in serendipity not Catherine mm. zeta jones my apologies oh. yeah we've had a lot of celebrity name mix-ups here uh we're all forgiven we're all forgiving yeah. ourselves um we have a lot of young men listening in right now uh, approximately 18 million and they are all john's enthusiasts that's kind of the common thread what in your opinion like you know it Speaking for yourself only, what do you think is the most attractive way for a man to dress and to present himself? Yeah. Let's say for a date. For a date? Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it, making a good first impression, I say. Yeah. Great first impression would probably be somebody who doesn't feel like they're trying too hard and mm. like that they actually like what they're wearing. Um, and it's coming out of like an authentic sense of style and it doesn't look like they're copying anyone else not, like a tom, not a tom brown short suit <laughs> yeah if that's who they are all right yeah. if they are a, a, a man in children's clothing yeah absolutely yeah that's what do you yeah, so what, are your, what are your recommendations for first date? Uh, i would say uh a nice well first of all i guess it would depend on the details of the date like what what exactly is happening yeah. time um, of year but, 
Yeah, I think a nice shirt, kind of like James and I are both wearing a shirt with a collar, but a little yeah, casual. We're all wearing a shirt with a yeah, collar. Well, yeah, honestly, to be honest, I think the way that all of us are dressed right, you got on some great Levi's yeah. and a nice shoe. You're honestly, we're, I think we're all kind of nailing it, to be yeah. honest. Great. That's in a way, this is like a, a podcast first date. This is know? our this first date. Yeah, this yeah. Is yeah. And, and also and a meeting of the minds of, <laughs> you know, just generational on mic talent. So I would expect us to, to nail well, it. Oh, I, can I use your podcast for my own personal? Um, of course. Okay. Do whatever so you want. Yeah, this I, is your time. Okay. I figured your listenership might be the one to help me. Um, I had a pair of Air Max ones that had a digital camo Liberty print. And okay. I wore them out to like the soul actually disappeared and had to throw them out. I can't find them anywhere. I wear a size seven. Is it, was it a men's out. shoe or was it a women's release? Like what? Do you remember? Okay. Did you search all the sites like StockX? Yeah. All the obvious shit. Out, like, did, did I really Phil? I know. Did I think okay. I'm coming on throwing fits and maybe somebody will just. <laughs> you can just text <laughs> Phil. You know, Phil would be able to find it one second. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, listen, if there ever was an opportunity for any of our 18 million young go-hards, if they were going to ever impress Gillian Jacobs, the humble queen celebrity podcaster, James yeah. literally put him right in the chat. Oh, Is it? Already. You can easily get these on stock Is this <laughs> it? These weren't them, but those are great. Okay, not them, not the ones. When you say digital liberty print, does that mean like it's floral? Does it it like liberty, like oh. a Liberty of London? Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, anyone who's listening that could track yeah. these down, uh, I guess send what it to us DM, and we'll send it to you. DM yeah. your publicist? Yeah, send it to us and we'll, we'll pass it on for sure. Erica. Right? Yeah, Erica, Erica. Erica, I better warn Erica. <laughs> oh, she does not know what she's in for. You might, yeah. you might want to walk that back. Erica. There's a storm coming. Yeah. Gillian. <laughs> um, and down the hatches, Erica. It's about to get before real. Before we kick you out of here and enter the afters, only available on patreon.com slash throwing fits. Um, you're obviously doing amazing. You're in Invincible, the Fear Street movies this summer. Your podcast is fucking hitting, hitting different. That being said, we do want to offer up some constructive criticism that, you know, we really just want you to take it or leave it. But we think that if you were to take it, you would do even um, better in all your endeavors, uh, okay. especially car collecting. Um, <laughs> I'll go first. I mean, you mentioned Mark Jacobs as like something that you hold near and dear to your heart. These, these heels of yours. Why don't you call up the man himself? He's a fit God. Yes. And put together a collaboration called Mark Jacobs on Gillian Jacobs by Mark Jacobs for Gillian Jacobs with Mark Jacobs. Perfect. Great. Done. All right. Done. Uh, here's another one for you, Gillian. Invite us, uh, one extremely stupid man, and then a less stupid man on your Women Instead podcast so we can mansplain a variety of high level topics and concepts we have absolutely zero knowledge or insight into. Great. Done. <laughs> Say less. <laughs> we'll um, talk about fitology or drippinomics, yeah. I guess yeah. is what we call it on the pod. We can do yeah. that. That's like, that's a little bit of art and science, you know, kind of like no, bacon. No, no, I like it. Steam. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Steamed, the D is dripponomics. Um, yeah. This is both a aesthetic and hygienic piece of constructive criticism. Um, buy an eighth shirt and wear that eighth shirt because. Okay. All right. Only seven. I mean, I imagine that, you know, it's one of every day of the week. You do a weekly load of laundry. I get it. Yeah. But like, it's good to have options. Okay. Uh, fair point. And then finally, can you commit right now on Mike, which I believe would be a verbal contract, to playing a role in the eventual Throwing Fits show that maybe a mutual friend of ours that we know might be helping us develop as we speak? Yes, absolutely. Woo, that's a verbal contract. Yeah. Book it. 
You can play Erica Nardini, the uh, CEO of Barstool Sports. <laughs> I don't expect you to understand what the fuck you just said. But yeah, yes, Gillian, um, normally we would ask where can the kids follow you on social media, but like wanting to plug... What, what do you want to plug right now? Yeah, I want to plug my podcast, Periodic Talks. You can find that on wherever you're, you found this podcast. They found this podcast in the trash can. So maybe check uh, <laughs> Spotify or Apple Pods. Yeah. Um, yeah, check out the animated series Invincible. Fear right. Street will be um, coming out this summer. And what Lawrence, else? I'll send you, I'll, Lawrence, I'll send you a screener link for yeah, that, too. Please. Thank you. That would be so great. Mike Alfred's North Hollywood, whenever that is available. Yes, um, I have part in that, but I love Mikey. Um, oh, I did. A, I directed an episode of this uh, doc series about Marvel Comics that's on Disney+. Oh, Plus. Right. Oh, sick. Uh, so the series is called 616 and my episode is the second one in the series. And it's all about women who worked at Marvel comics as writers and editors and artists over the decades. So you Very can cool. That's awesome. Sick. Is that out? Is that out right now? Yeah, it's out now. Yeah. It's and Invincible is on Amazon prime and fear street will be on Netflix. Correct. Damn. You're on all the platforms. Damn dude. <laughs> That's why she doesn't need socials because she's exactly. on every goddamn yeah. streaming platform. Her, her socials are HBO Max and Amazon. What the fuck are you doing? All yeah, right, get Gillian. your fucking cake up. Thank you for coming on the only podcast yeah, that matters, Chef. Gillian. I'm gonna need you to slap on that outro music. Mm-hmm.